The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the chief priests and elders of the people, What is your opinion? A man had two sons. He came to the first and said, Son, go out and work in the vineyard today. He said in reply, I will not, but afterwards changed his mind and went. The man came to the other son and gave the same order. He said in reply, Yes, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did his father's will? They answered, The first. Jesus said to them, Amen, I say to you, tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God before you. When John came to you in the way of righteousness, you did not believe him. But tax collectors and prostitutes did. Yet even when you saw that, you did not later change your minds and believe him. The Gospel of If there is a sentence that sums up in some way the the nature of the demonic or the satanic, it is the words, two in Latin, three in English, non serviam, I will not serve. That is the nature of the demonic, a refusal to serve. It's the cause of the fall. Or as Milton put it, better to reign in hell than to serve in heaven. The idea of serving in that sense is something that's becoming rather difficult, I think, in our world. We want to determine our lives in such a way that we no longer have to really serve, we no longer really have to be obedient, except within certain context, insofar as I accept it and judge it worthy of me. And so, in our Western world in particular, we've begun to lose that idea of serving, of responding to the will of another. We see that throughout our culture. I've mentioned before the difference between rebellion and sin. We're living in a time of rebellion. Again, we want to do my will, but not that of another. Today's gospel, in a way, is about that. Our Lord speaks to the chief priests and elders of the people, uses an example. Said, son, go out and work in the vineyard today. The first said, I will not, but changed his mind. Those are the tax collectors and the prostitutes. They at first said, no, we will not do what you want. And then, with the coming of the Lord, they said, yes, I will go. The second son said, yes, sir, but did not go. Those are the chief priests and the leaders of the people. They said, yes, I will go. Uh, but they don't go. They will not respond to him. Our Lord confronts them with their unwillingness to accept that, with their unwillingness to serve, to respond to the will of God. As I said, 
Service today is something we find difficult. The evangelical councils of poverty, chastity, and obedience, of those three, poverty is in for other people. Chastity and obedience are out. Except insofar as I might wish to accept them on my terms. Which really isn't obedience at all. We see that in our culture. We've seen it in the church in the last 60 years, too. We've seen it in religious life. We've seen it in marriage. We've seen it in the family. This breakdown that comes from an unwillingness to serve. Uh, you know, I, I think I've mentioned this before, this idea of obedience. When Bishop Sheen was first ordained, he just finished his doctorate work, his doctoral work. And he wrote back to his bishop and said, I've been given three offers. One is to start a Catholic college with Monsignor Ronald Knox at Oxford for the first time since the Reformation. The other, I believe, was at a university in Ireland, and the third was Catholic University. He said, which one do you want me to take? Bishop Sheen said, come home. His bishop said, come home. And Bishop Sheen went back. He said he assigned him to the poorest parish in the diocese. The roads weren't even paved. And Bishop Sheen said, all right, this is where he wants me, this is where I'm supposed to be, I'll be here. A year later, he called him back in and said, I'm going to send you to Catholic University where I wanted to send you in the first place. Bishop Sheen said, well, why didn't you send me last year? He said, I just wanted to see if you would obey. Now run along and be a good boy. As Bishop Sheen used to say, I've been running along ever since. Uh, A good example. Uh, And perhaps you've had that in your own life. Obedience is demanded of all of us in one way or another, whether we realize it or not. Uh, As I said, it's been a breakdown in our culture. I see it, for instance, in religious life. Um, There was a time, I remember, when a priest would receive a letter on a Monday saying saying, you'll report to such and such a parish on Thursday. That was it. Today, of course, and perhaps for some good reasons, we want to talk about it, they bring us in to chat. What are your talents? What are your abilities? Where would you be most comfortable, do you think? Um, And there's probably some advantage to that, except our Lord never did that with the apostles. Where are your talents we best use? Where would you be most comfortable? Where would you fit? Sometimes it's better to go to someplace where you don't, to be challenged, where you're uncomfortable as the apostles were certainly uncomfortable, read St. Paul, to accept something different, to develop new abilities. But we want to do that. So very often that's true. I remember once, when I was on my sabbatical in England, the Bishop of Plymouth said, if you'd like to stay, we'd like you to stay. I said, I really would like to stay. It's been a wonderful year. Um, I'd like to stay on for a while. So I came home for a, a visit for eight days, and I went to see Bishop Gosman. And uh, we had chatted about this, and I told him about how much I liked it over there, how much the bishop was willing to have me over there. And he said, well, I'll think about it. But eventually, I just got a, a notice saying, come home. So I did. Uh, that's what was supposed to happen. That's the way it was supposed to be. Well, again, as I said, but that's, that sense is being lost. Who was it that said, God sent the Son, the Son sent the apostles, the apostles used to send us. But now people want to say, no, I'll go where I want to go, 
I will not accept obedience because they will say, uh, this is blind obedience, just going wherever you're told. No, it isn't. Blind obedience is going is doing something immoral because you were told to do it. Simply going somewhere that you don't want to go because you were told to go there isn't blind obedience. It's very good and very healthy to do the will of another. You know, in The Lord of the Rings, Tolkien, remember the, the two great evil figures in that? The first is Melkor and the second is Sauron. But Tolkien at one point says that Sauron had one good element in his life and that was that for at least a while he did the will of another rather than his own. Again, that idea of doing the will of another. We have a problem with that sometimes. And we really can't be people of the gospel and do that. Because our Lord has given us the example of service. The cross. That is the example of service. He came to serve us by suffering and dying. (laughs) Out of obedience to the Father. Out of love. I mentioned married life. Part of the breakdown in married life today and in family life is people don't want to be, don't want to serve. When two people get married, they pledge to serve one another for the rest of their lives. <clears throat> to serve. Today people think that they, want, they, should be, they should be served by the other. They should, but not because that's their idea, because the other's obligation is to serve them. And that's a beautiful, holy, happy thing. People think that St. Paul was anti-woman. No, he wasn't. He talks about marriage. He's talking about a mutual service. He says, wives obey your husbands. Husbands love your wives and sacrifice yourself for them. There's a mutual sacrifice and obedience that goes on in marriage, which is a mutual service to one another. When that breaks down, marriage breaks down too, and so does the family, necessarily. And we've seen that so much. So we have to go back once again to the service of God. Remember what our Lord said, though, in the garden. He said, Father, if it be possible, let this chalice pass from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. That's a beautiful prayer. It's very natural, isn't it? Father, if it be possible, let this chalice pass from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. And that's what the Father will, his passion and death, in order to redeem us. And that's where we're supposed to be going also. So our Lord then speaks today of this vineyard, once again, the church, and the Eucharist. We come here today as obedient, loving, obedient people because God has called us here. He gives us his body and blood, which is the sign of his obedience, the sign of his sacrifice, to actualize that sacrifice in us. That's why we receive this. We don't just receive it as a consolation. We receive it as the food for people who are called upon to serve, to go out and serve. We do that because, well... Our future, our happiness, and our salvation depend upon it. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you as the people redeemed by the obedience of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. And the church throughout the world, that her members will always respond to the call of God to serve, especially the church persecuted. We pray to the Lord. Lord, For all nations of the world, especially our own, 
that they may come to know the church and the call of God. We pray to the Lord. Lord, For all those who are sick and suffering, the dying, the lonely, the confused, they may know that they are serving God in their suffering. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have lost faith, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For an end to abortion, especially during this month, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, those young men and women who will answer the call of God uh, courageously and unselfishly to follow him, for a greater reverence for the call of marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, that having heard the call of God, they may respond to it, we pray to the Lord. For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. For all those suffering from the hurricane, particularly the people of Puerto Rico, and for those assisting them, we pray to the Lord. Lord, And finally, for all of us here, that our lives will reflect the call of God, we will have the courage to answer that call. We pray to the Lord. Lord, And now join our prayers to those of the Mother of the Lord as we sing. 